0: If you will uh, pardon the play on words, I think that dieting for many people is uh, an exercise in futility. What I mean by that is uh, I recently read a study that said that most people, the uh, above average number of those who diet, will lose 5 to 10 pounds in a few months, but then after that time, they not only will gain that same 5 to 10 pounds back, they'll gain more after that. And then, all the while, while they're struggling to figure out what to do next, those who are in what's known as the weight loss industry, people who write weight loss books, people who develop weight loss plans, and so on, they are raking it in. Uh, According to one source, uh, the industry set a record for revenue last year by bringing in more than 72 billion dollars. Billion dollars. And that was while the number of dieters supposedly decreased. So I guess what that means is even though um, people were losing weight little by little, they were doing it by starting over and over again and over again in that effort. Um, I know there are a number of factors when it comes to that. It's not just a simple thing that you go through. There are a number of challenges uh, But is it about starting over again and again and again? Or is it supposed to be about starting over and moving forward, getting healthy? A diet is an event. Living healthy is a lifestyle. It's not only about what you and I do today, it's about what you and I do every day. Starting over is an event growing healthy, living healthy, again, is a lifestyle. Our sermon series is entitled Starting Over. We're taking a look at stories in the Bible where people have started over because of a number of different circumstances. We're looking to see if we can learn lessons from those who had starting over experiences, and we can gain wisdom Uh, uh, from them. It's not only about the moment uh, where that individual started over, but it's also how uh, the story ends. In your Bible, the book of Daniel is a very fascinating and complex starting over story about a young man who was taken from everything that he knew His starting over story, so to speak, was done by force. A young man who was taken from everything that he knew, and yet he ended up living one of the most influential and powerful lives in all of Scripture. He uh, was one of the most influential and humble individuals in your Bible. During Daniel's life, his wisdom was unparalleled. He had the most wonderful combination of boldness and humility. How in the world did his starting over story, which was a horrible tragedy, turn into something that was so honorable and so blessed? That's what we want to find out. I don't have time today to tell his whole story, but I can tell you that how his story began set the stage for his God-directed success. Daniel's story begins this way, starting in Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Right away in the first two verses, we're asked to consider something that we'd really rather not think about. Verse two says, the Lord delivered Jehoiakim into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Literally, he gave. God gave Jerusalem, and everything that was contained in it to the king of Babylon. God is allowing one king who doesn't know him to capture the king and the people who supposedly do know him. It seems kind of odd, doesn't it? Daniel's starting over story doesn't begin by his choice, but trusting God through all of it will be a choice that he's going to have to make It seems strange that God would allow you and me to participate in, be subjected to, and have to endure difficulty and suffering so that having weathered that storm, having been strengthened by it, you and I could be used by God for him and for others and have a successful and significant life in spite of all that difficulty. That's exactly what's happened, and that's exactly what can happen in my life and yours. There are a number of you that have gone through difficult times, and you learned lessons from God as a result of that. So your story is similar to Daniel's in all of that. So it doesn't necessarily make sense then if you and I do everything that we can to avoid that difficulty, to avoid the valuable lessons that can only be learned in those difficult circumstances So so that you and I, if we try to do that, you and I would be spiritually, emotionally, and relationally handicapped, immature, useless in some ways. If we do that, we also cheat ourselves out of an opportunity to watch God do amazing things in our lives and then be, as I said, used by God to the benefit of God of so many other people. From the very beginning, Daniel and three of his fellow captors have an experience that sets them up for success, prepares them for so many more greater things. And It's an experience that happens in just about any and every culture. It's called assimilation, where we move from one area of life to another, from one way of living life to another, from one uh, uh, aspect of life where there are things that we used to know that we let go of so that we can pick up things that we need to know so we can not just survive but actually thrive. It's called assimilation. Sometimes it's very orderly. The experience of assimilation can be very structured. Say a person who uh, leaves civilian life and goes into the military. Sometimes it's kind of chaotic when we move from one school to another or one job to another. One community to another. The goal in the case of Daniel and his friends was to take these young men and slowly take Jerusalem out of them and put Babylon into them to make them citizens of Babylon and servants of the king. Now, you might think that in that context it would be inappropriate, but remember, it's God who's orchestrating this. It's God who has allowed this to happen, who has given Daniel and his friends to the king for his service. What's really happening in God allowing the assimilation to take place isn't that Daniel and his friends will only be servants of the king of Babylon, but what God is doing is is preparing them so that they can be great servants for him through all of this experience. When you read the entire story, you can see it play out in Daniel's life he went on not only to serve uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, but the kings that followed until the day that Daniel died. But as I said, it was what what happened at the very beginning of Daniel's experience there, his starting over experience, that set the stage for his great blessing and success. And it's this pattern that is, is in cap- captured right in the first chapter that I want us to look at so that we can see if God set them up for success, can we be set up for success if we follow in some ways that same pattern? Can we grow and mature in our walk with God? Listen to the pattern that was set up. the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Daniel and his friends were to undergo a transformation, and they did so in three very, very important ways. They learned a new language, they learned new knowledge, and they learned uh, uh, new identities. There's a significance in all of that. I want you to understand that God was leading these young men. He was preparing them, even though they were going to go through some difficult times, very difficult times, life-threatening times. God was leading them all the way. He knew exactly what they would need. So starting over for them, in general, is really no different then starting over is for you and for me. At Crosspoint, we say that we want to help people find and follow Jesus. Finding Jesus, you see, is really an event. But following Jesus is a lifestyle. Events can be exciting. But it's the lifestyle where the rewards are found. That's where we want to go. That's how we want to turn starting over into a lifestyle, a way of living. It says that they were to be taught uh, the language of the Babylonians. They learned a new language. It makes me wonder if our language has changed and are growing with God. Have you changed your language? Do you talk differently? What are the words that you say? Are you speaking differently than uh, before when before you had your starting over moment with Jesus, so to speak? Are the words that you say now different than the words that you said then? Now, when I ask that, what I'm not necessarily talking about is whether you use four-letter words or not. That's not really what I'm talking about. And I'm not even talking about your ability or your inability to pronounce Bible names like Nebuchadnezzar or uh, Belteshazzar or Abednego. That, that's not really what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is the anger that was in your voice before you knew Jesus gone. That's what I'm talking about. Are you still telling the same story about the person that hurt you years ago and you still haven't forgiven them? Has your language changed? Has your anger been replaced with gentleness? Has your complaining been replaced with contentment? Are your ver- is your verbal bitterness now humble mercy? Your envy, now words of gratitude. Your pain, now joy. Has your language changed? Because of Jesus, do people talk about you now as a person of grace when they used to know you more commonly as a person of gossip? Because of Jesus, do people talk about you now as someone who is merciful? before they knew you as a person who was just mean. That's what I'm talking about. Words have a place of origin. They don't just come from nowhere. It takes time to learn a new language. This is not an event. It's a journey, a lifestyle, and it takes time. Jesus said, your words show what's in your heart. Our language changes when our hearts change, and our hearts change when we have new knowledge. Has your knowledge changed? That's the next question. Uh, The chief of the court officials was to teach Daniel and his friends a new language and the Babylonian Babylonian literature. They were going to get new knowledge. Uh, when you read the story, you'll see that Daniel did not abandon his knowledge of God. He just added the knowledge that the Babylonians gave to him. That's a significant point. That So my question is, what new things have you learned? What have you added to your knowledge recently? Have you changed how you think? Thoughts? are framed by words words inform thoughts thoughts conform into knowledge and knowledge transforms into lifestyle i'm going to say that one more time i want you to listen to this transition about how we grow and how we mature words inform thoughts thoughts conform into knowledge and knowledge transforms into lifestyle it's not an event, it's a journey. God wanted Daniel and his friends to do great things, and in order to do those great things, they had to learn how to think differently. So I ask you again, has your knowledge changed? Who do you listen to now? Who are you reading now? Who is changing the way that you think is the way that you think changing? Are you listening to things uh, that make you angry or things that give you peace? Are you listening to people that feed your resentment or are you listening to people that help you forgive and grow? You know exactly what I'm asking you right now. I said words inform thoughts. If you are speaking kindly and graciously, it's because you are thinking kindly and graciously. And if you're thinking bitterly and judging everyone and everything, then it's going to show in your words. You're going to speak bitterly and judge everyone and everything. Again, Jesus said, your words will show what is in your hearts. Folks, you and I are living in some of the most intellectually challenging times that we've ever been through. It's not the first time that something like this has taken place, but it's the first time in many ways in our lives that something like this has taken place. But living through what we're living through isn't really any different than what Daniel lived through. And when Daniel lived through it, he, he leaned on the knowledge of God and grew in the knowledge that was given to him. <clears throat> he learned, uh, he leaned on things that God taught others. Like what David learned and wrote about in Psalm chapter 1. Listen to what David wrote. Happy are those who reject the advice of evil people. Who do not follow the example of sinners or join those who have no use for God. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord. And they study it day and night. They're like trees that grow beside a stream that bear fruit at the right time. And whose leaves do not dry up. They succeed in everything that they do. Are you thinking differently than when you first met Jesus? Have you learned something new about God that you could not possibly have known last year or five years or ten years ago? Learning, like language, takes time. It's progressive. You and I need to learn to master the simple things so that we can be prepared to learn the deeper things, the more difficult things, the greater aspects of wisdom. Daniel and his friends studied for three years this way. And when they finally entered into the service of the king, the king examined them, and the Bible says that Daniel and his friends impressed the king more than anyone else. And they were among the greatest individuals serving the court of the king. They learned a new language. They gained new knowledge. And then they were given new names. Their identities changed. Have you changed? Are you the same person or a new person? Are you the same person even though you have met Jesus? Or are you a new person? Because you haven't just met Jesus, you're following Jesus. One of the most complimentary things someone can say to one who follows Jesus is, Man, you've changed. You're happy. You're grateful. You don't sound like the person I used to know. You Have changed. For some. That change is really not that easy. It actually can be really difficult. There may be a history. That someone just cannot let go of. Maybe they may be around some people who affect them negatively. Maybe those people want to remind them. Constantly. Of their past history. It can be a challenge. For so many there are some people, because of that, who are just stuck in a rut. It's just the way that it is. It's not because they haven't heard about Jesus, and it's not because they don't know Jesus. It's because they haven't figured out how to take what they know about Jesus and turn it into a way to live for Jesus. It's much more challenging than many people understand. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. Daniel and his friends did it. Many people that you know have done it. You may be struggling. You may be in a rut. And I want you to know that you do not have to stay there. It really is a challenge. But you don't have to think that you're stuck there. Uh, uh, Tim Keller says that... Christianity is the only religion where our identity is received. It's not achieved. One of the reasons that people think that they're stuck there is because they, th- they have to earn their way out. They, they work themselves into the, this mess and they have to work themselves out of that mess. That's not what God does. That's not what God did for Daniel and his friends. And that's not what God can do, will do uh, to you and, and, and your family. God gives you a new identity. And then he helps you. He doesn't pay you according to your mistakes. He pays you in spite of them. He blesses you in spite of them. There's a significance there that you and I need to not just simply understand, we need to believe and trust God the way that Daniel believed and trusted God. If you or someone that you know is stuck in a rut, it's likely that those individuals are still saying and thinking the same ways. If that's the case, Jesus is only someone that they know about. But if you want to live differently, if you want church to be something more than one more internet video or one more Sunday morning hour that you spend if you want to have a relationship with God who knows you and loves you, and if you want to live in a new way, think in a new way, so you can speak in a new way, then I want you to understand that that way is a person and his name is Jesus. He heals, he blesses, he restores, he forgives, he strengthens, he encourages, he does more than you and I can possibly imagine. And some of you know it and some of you want to know it. And I want to encourage you to not just start over again. I want to encourage you to not just have a life event. I want you to have a new life. A new life style. Jesus is the way. The story of Daniel is a starting over story that he didn't ask for. But he followed God exactly and everywhere that God led. He changed a lot of things about his life. And in doing so, God blessed many things in his life. So much so that he was one of the most highly honored men in the kingdom of Babylon. The general purpose of a diet is not to change what you eat for a couple of weeks. That is a vacation, not a diet. You starting over and over and over again, not only defeats the purpose, but it's actually very discouraging. It doesn't help, it actually harms. A diet is designed to be the beginning of a new way of living life. A hospital dietitian encapsulated this very well when she said this one week of bad food won't hurt you, and one week of good food won't help you. It's not an event, it's a lifestyle. It's not about what we do today, it's about what we do every day. Starting over is an event. Following Jesus is a lifestyle. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have in him, the freedom that we have in him, the new life that we have in him, the new identity and new understandings that we have because of Jesus. God, there are times when we're afraid. There are times when we think that nothing will ever change around us. There are times where we just, we, we're just so overwhelmed that we, we surrender to everyone and everything that's around us when what we really need to do is just cry out your name and surrender to you. You know our burdens. You know our frustrations. You know how hard it is to start over again. But God, you have hundreds of starting over stories. So God, I pray that you would help those who even now want to start over. I pray that you would help those who even now are struggling as they try to sustain their new life. Challenges from people around them, circumstances that they happen to be going through. God, I pray that you restore their confidence, that you restore our confidence, and that you help us to follow Jesus. We pray all these things in his name, amen.